All right, so Risso here with George Mason University. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Nick Washburn today. Uh, Nick is a new assistant professor at Western Washington University. Uh, he was also kind enough to do a theory breakdown podcast for us uh, that you will see launch at the same time. Uh, this one, uh, the theory breakdown is on self-determination theory and helps us understand a bit more about the article. So uh, let's get started with another episode of playing with research in health and physical education. So we're here with uh, Dr. Nick Washburn from Western Washington University, and we are here to discuss his article, which came off of his dissertation at the University of Alabama, titled Enhancing Student Learning in Sport Education Through the Manipulation of Need Supportive Instruction. Uh, it's currently impressed with the physical educator and scheduled to be published in the fall of 2019. Uh, welcome to the podcast, and uh, thanks for having, uh, or thanks for taking the time to chat about your paper. Thanks for having me on here, Risto. I'd like to acknowledge the co-authors on this paper who also served as co-chairs for my overall dissertation, Dr. Kevin Richards from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign and Dr. Oleg Sinelnikov at the University of Alabama. Their support helped to make this project a successful and rewarding experience. Awesome. I know those guys. All right, so uh, I remember you initially presenting on this work at ARA back in, uh, I think it was 2017. Uh, so before we get too far into the specific study, can you just give us a brief rundown of the theory used? I know you have a side-by-side -side podcast, but kind of just get us, uh, for those of us that haven't listened to it, uh, what is that theory and what's it look like in PE? Absolutely. So theories are proposed in order to explain or make sense of something that is abstract. Self-determination theory, or SDT, is a theory of human motivation. It seeks to better understand how motivation works. Now, motivation is defined as the energy for action. It's what drives us to participate in any given behavior. SDT considers multiple forms of motivation residing on a continuum of internalization, where increasingly internalized forms of motivation are thought to emanate more out of volition than imposition. At one end and the most internalized form is classic intrinsic motivation. When purely intrinsically motivated, people act because they want to. Their behavior is completely voluntary and out of interest and enjoyment. The continuum progresses through a series of increasingly externally regulated forms of motivation, ending at what many know to be extrinsic motivation, characterized by the carrot and stick. Importantly, these forms of motivation are not fixed. Rather, they shift depending on the extent to which a person's innate psychological needs are met. SDT proposes that everyone is born with three psychological needs, namely those for autonomy, competence, and relatedness. Autonomy refers to a sense of volition, competence to a sense of ability, and relatedness to a sense of value to others. We know that people naturally prefer to operate autonomously and that the quality of their engagement is much higher when they do so. Therefore, the task in PE is for teachers to instruct in ways that support, not impede, their students' natural desire for autonomy, competence, and relatedness satisfaction. 
The strategies teachers use to bring about desirable behaviors in their students refer to their motivating styles. Similar to the forms of motivation, these styles fall on a continuum anchored at one end by those that are highly supportive of students' psychological needs and at the other by those that are highly need-suppressive. Need-supportive teachers bring about autonomous student engagement by supporting their students' need for autonomy through autonomy support, competence by providing structure and relatedness through interpersonal involvement. Autonomy supportive behaviors include giving choice in the sequence or level of difficulty in prescribed tasks or supporting requests with explanatory rationales. Providing structure entails, for instance, establishing clear class routines and ensuring that activities are appropriately modified to promote student success. Lastly, interpersonal involvement includes uh, investing significant effort into lessons such that students feel as if the teacher cares about them and also the warmth of interaction with students. Using students' names and acknowledging their attempts to contribute to the lesson with positive reactions support relatedness through providing instruction that is chaotic and relatedness by presenting a cold disposition. Using pressuring language such as you need to do this and get back to what you should be doing or immediately correcting a student's performance without attempting to learn why they are doing what they are doing interrupts their natural flow and thwarts feelings of autonomy. Unclear criteria for success or excessive management time reduces opportunities to establish mastery and thus inhibits competence. Finally, remaining physically distant from students, neglecting to use their names, or relying on the power imbalance to force compliance when responding to students' expressions of negative affect frustrate feelings of, comp of relatedness. Research to date indicates that need-supportive motivating styles are more effective than those that are need-suppressive for many reasons including but not limited to student enjoyment and prolonged engagement. Okay, so we know that having a need supportive versus a suppressive style um, can have a difference, but we also know that the pedagogical model being implemented may influence student mo uh, motivation. So uh, you use sport education as a model here. Can you explain what we know about that model and motivation? Sure. We know that the full as opposed to a watered down version of sport education brings about more autonomous forms of motivation. Sport education seasons become pro progressively student driven. Students appreciate this increase in ownership of and responsibility for their learning, particularly the model's features of affiliation, record keeping and formal competition have been shown to enhance student motivation. It is crucial to note that the teacher must continuously work to avoid the genesis of an ego climate where an emphasis is placed on winning and instead create a mastery climate by, for example, emphasizing the importance of fair play, self-improvement, and contributions of individuals' performance to the larger team. Okay, now what about student learning? I mean, we see the motivational effects, but um, does it affect student learning? 
Yes, we do see the positive effects of need support on a host of student outcomes. Its influence on learning, however, has received relatively little inquiry. Initial research has indicated that in-service teachers need supportive motivating styles can bring about improved gameplay performance in volleyball among secondary students. We have yet to determine, however, if pre-service teachers can learn to be more need supportive or if such a style has a similar impact with younger students, discrete skill performance, or in other learning domains such as the cognitive. Therefore, this study examined the impact of an intervention seeking to change a pre-service teacher's motivating style and any subsequent changes in student learning. Okay, so who are your uh, participants? Can you give us a little bit of a background on them? Certainly. This study took place at an elementary school in the southeastern United States. Sport education was the primary instructional model used in PE, so the students were already familiar with the model's structure. The participants included one pre-service teacher named Jason, who was 21 years of age and completing his student teaching at the time, and the 54 students in his fifth grade class. Jason's participation was purposefully requested because of his extensive experience teaching within sport education during his teacher education program and his passion for teaching effectiveness. The students in his class ranged from 9 to 11 years of age and primarily identified as Caucasian or African American, with a few identifying as Asian, Hispanic, or mixed race. Okay, now, what was the study design? So, I guess I'm asking, what did you do in this study? Essentially, Jason taught two sport education seasons, field hockey first and pickleball second. I provided Jason with an intervention between the two seasons. And what was that intervention like? The intervention included Jason and me and consisted of three phases. In phase one... I presented a PowerPoint lecture to Jason overviewing SDT, comparing need supportive and need suppressive motivating styles, and informing him of specific behaviors he can exhibit that have been shown through research to support students' psychological needs. In phase two, Jason watched video of his own teaching from the floor hockey season identifying and engaging in discussion about specific situations in which he was need-supportive and need-suppressive. In the third phase, Jason and I role-played various common scenarios experienced in his teaching, allowing him to practice more need-supportive behaviors. Then, throughout the second season, that being pickleball, I debriefed with Jason after each and every lesson about his level of need support. And so what were you uh, measuring? Can you kind of describe the measurements you had? Sure. To detect changes in Jason's provision of need support, I video recorded and coded how many times Jason exhibited a number of specific behaviors that have been identified as need supportive using a previously validated instrument. To measure student learning, we administered activity-specific skill and gameplay tests at the beginning and end of each season. We also administered an activity-specific cognitive exam at the beginning, end, 
and also a follow-up iteration to assess cognitive retention. In total, we tested seven skills in floor hockey, including, for example, dribbling, shooting off a dribble, and shooting velocity. The three skills we tested in pickleball were serving and forehand and backhand shots. The gameplay test in floor hockey was a two-on-one game of keep away played for 60 seconds, and in pickleball was a three-minute cooperative singles game. During both gameplay assessments, students were scored out of four points on three separate activity-specific gameplay components for a total possible score of 12. Finally, both cognitive exams consisted of 12 multiple-choice questions focusing on relative rules, etiquette, techniques, and tactics. Okay, so when we move into the results part, uh, what are some of the major findings that you, uh, that you had? First of all, the intervention was effective in changing Jason's provision of need-supportive instruction. He demonstrated significantly more need-supportive behaviors in the second season relative to the first. Pre-service teachers can learn to become more need-supportive. Regarding isolated skills, student improvement was comparable in both seasons. Students significantly improved in five of seven floor hockey skills and two of three pickleball skills. With reference to gameplay performance, students significantly improved in all three components during the second season, whereas they only improved significantly in one component during the first season. As for performance on the cognitive test, while students' scores increased significantly in both seasons from the beginning to the end, differences were seen between the end of season and retention tests. In the first season, scores decreased from end to retention, whereas in the second season, scores significantly increased yet again. All right. So not a lot of research has been done with pre-service teachers in this specific type of setting. Uh, so why is this important and how does it how does it relate? I think this is important because it provides a framework and a direction for teaching effectiveness. Assuming learning, being it in the psychomotor, cognitive or affective domain to be a principal focus for physical educators, it's crucial to identify factors that enhance learning. From a teacher-educator perspective, interventions such as the one described here can be successful in bringing about more need-supportive motivating styles in future teachers. The results of this study further indicate that demonstrating behaviors that enhance students' motivational quality bring about improvements in gameplay performance and cognitive retention. Though no major difference was observed with regard to discrete skill performance, these findings do indicate that being more need-supportive certainly does no harm. Okay, and so I guess what's the big takeaway from this study? In other words, we knew that students learn over time within sport education. But our findings here demonstrate that learning can be even greater if the teacher recruits a motivating style that is more need-supportive as opposed to need-supportive. Impressive. Okay. So and do you have any concluding thoughts you'd like to share on this? I mean, should, should we all be aiming towards a need-supportive teaching environment? Absolutely. 
I believe we all, students in K-12 physical education classes included, are inclined to function autonomously. While the how-tos to being more needs supportive are beyond the scope of this particular study, I'd be happy to communicate with anyone interested on some specific and practical strategies for supporting students' psychological needs. Okay, so uh, let's let's get that information on there. Uh, so where can people find you on Twitter or social media? What, how can they contact you if they're interested in uh, more of this? Sure. My, my Twitter handle is at NickWashburn12, and email is also an option, nick.washburn at www.edu. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we're going to link to the article in the notes section. I know it's going to be uh, coming out a little later, uh, but we'll definitely get uh, that information out to everybody. Uh, and thank you so much for uh, coming on, Nick. We really appreciate you sharing your research. My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Awesome. So that's all we have for you on this one. And uh, thanks for listening.